Book Two, Chapter Thirty Seven of Resurrection. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Chris Caron. Resurrection by Leo Tolstoy. Translated by Louis Maud. Book Two, Chapter Thirty Seven. Spilled like water on the ground. The trap passed the fireman who stood sentinel at the entrance. The headquarters of the fire brigade and the police stations are generally together in Moscow. Drove into the yard of the police station and stopped at one of the doors. In the yard, several firemen with their sleeves tucked up were washing some kind of cart and talking loudly. When the trap stopped, several policemen surrounded it and taking the lifeless body of the convict under the arms, took him out of the trap, which creaked under him. The policeman who had brought the body got down, shook his numbed arm, took off his cap, and crossed himself. The body was carried through the door and up the stairs. Nekhludoff followed. In the small, dirty room where the body was taken, there stood four beds. On two of them sat a couple of sick men in dressing gowns, one with a crooked mouth, whose neck was bandaged, the other one in consumption. Two of the beds were empty. The convict was laid on one of them. A little man, with glistening eyes and continually moving brows, with only his underclothes and stockings on, came up with quick, soft steps, looked at the convict, and then at Nekhludoff, and burst into loud laughter. This was a madman who was being kept in the police hospital. They wish to frighten me, but no, they won't succeed, he said. The policemen who carried the corpse were followed by a police officer and a medical assistant. The medical assistant came up to the body and touched the freckled hand, already growing cold, which, though still soft, was deadly pale. He held it for a moment and then let it go. It fell lifelessly on the stomach of the dead man. He's ready, said the medical assistant, but evidently to be quite in order, he undid the wet brown shirt and tossing back the curls from his ear, put it to the yellowish broad immovable chest of the convict all were silent the medical assistant raised himself again shook his head and touched with his fingers first one and then the other lid over the open fixed blue eyes i'm not frightened i'm not frightened the madame kept repeating these words and spitting in the direction of the medical assistant well asked the police officer well he must be put into the mortuary are you sure mind said the police officer it's time I should know, said the medical assistant, drawing the shirt over the body's chest. However, I will send for Matthew Ivanovitch. Let him have a look, Petrov. Call him. And the medical assistant stepped away from the body. Take him to the mortuary, said the police officer, and then you must come into the office and sign. He added to the convoy soldier, who had not left the convict for a moment. Yes, sir, said the soldier. The policeman lifted his body and carried it down again. Nekhludoff wished to follow, but Madame kept him back. You are not in the plot. Well, then, give me a cigarette, he said. Nekhludoff got out his cigarette case and gave him one. The madman, quickly moving his brows all the time, began relating how they tormented him by thought suggestion. Why, they are all against me and torment and torture me through their mediums. I beg your pardon, said Nekhludoff. Without listening any further, he left the room and went out into the yard, wishing to know where the body would be put.
the policemen with their burden had already crossed the yard and were coming to the door of a cellar nekhludoff wished to go up to them but the police officer stopped him what do you want nothing nothing then go away nekhludoff obeyed and went back to his isvitchik who was dozing he awoke him and they drove back towards the railway station they had not made a hundred steps when they met a cart accompanied by a convoy soldier with a gun on the cart lay another convict who was already dead the convict lay on his back in the cart his shaved head from which the pancake-shaped cap had slid over the back bearded face down to the nose shaking and thumping at every jolt the driver in his heavy boots walked by the side of the cart holding the reins a policeman followed on foot nekhludoff touched his isvitchik's shoulder just look what they are doing said the isvitchik stopping his horse nekhludoff got down and following the cart again passed his sentinel and entered the gate of the police station by this time the firemen had finished washing the cart and a tall bony man the chief of the fire brigade with a coloured band round his cap stood in their place and with his hands in his pockets was severely looking at a fat-necked well-fed bay stallion that was being led up and down before him by a fireman the stallion was lame on one of his forefeet and the chief of the firemen was angrily saying something to a veterinary who stood by the police officer was also present when he saw the cart he went up to the convoy soldier where did you bring him from he asked shaking his head disapprovingly from the gorbatovskaya answered the policeman a prisoner asked the chief of the fire brigade yes it's the second today well i must say they've got some queer arrangements though of course it's a broiling day said the chief of the fire brigade then turning to the fireman who is leading the same stallion he shouted put him into the corner stall and as to you you hound i'll teach you how to cripple horses which are worth more than you are you scoundrel the dead man was taken from the cart by the policeman just in the same way as the first had been and carried upstairs into the hospital nekhludoff followed them as if he were hypnotized what do you want asked one of the policemen but nekhludoff did not answer and followed where the body was being carried the madman sitting on a bed was smoking greedily the cigarette nekhludoff had given him ah you've come back he said and laughed when he saw the body he made a face and said again i am sick of it i am not a boy am i eh and he turned to nekhludoff with a questioning smile nekhludoff was looking at a dead man whose face which had been hidden by his cap was now visible this convict was as handsome in face and body as the other was hideous he was a man in the full bloom of life notwithstanding that he was disfigured by the half of his head being shaved the straight rather low forehead raised a bit over the black lifeless eyes was very fine and so though norse above the thin black moustaches there was a smile on the lips that were already growing blue a small beard outlined the lower part of the face and on the shaved side of the head a firm well-shaped ear was visible one could see what possibilities of a higher life had been destroyed in this man the fine bones of his hands and shackled feet the strong muscles of all his well-proportioned limbs showed what a beautiful strong agile human animal this had been as an animal merely he had been a far more perfect one of his kind than the bay stallion about the laming of which the fireman was so angry
yet he had been done to death and no one was sorry for him as a man nor was anyone sorry that so fine a working animal had perished the only feeling evinced was that of annoyance because of the brother caused by the necessity of getting his body threatening putrefaction out of the way the doctor and his assistant entered the hospital accompanied by the inspector of the police station the doctor was a thick-set man dressed in pongee silk coat and trousers of the same material closely fitting his muscular thighs the inspector was a little fat fellow with a red face round as a ball which he made still broader by a habit he had of filling his cheeks with air and slowly letting it out again the doctor sat down on the bed by the side of the dead man and touched the hands in the same way as his assistant had done put his ear to the heart rose and pulled his trousers straight could not be more dead he said the inspector filled his mouth with air and slowly blew it out again which prison is he from he asked the convoy soldier the soldier told him and reminded him of the chains of the dead man's feet i'll have them taken off we have got a smith about the lord be thanked said the inspector and blew up his cheeks again he went towards the door slowly letting out the air why has this happened nekhludoff asked the doctor the doctor looked at him through his spectacles why has that happened why they die of sunstroke you mean this is why they sit all through the winter without exercise and without light and suddenly they are taken out into the sunshine and on a day like this and they march in a crowd so that they get no air and sunstroke is the result then why are they sent out oh as to that go and ask those who send them but i may ask who are you i am a stranger ah well good afternoon i have no time the doctor was vexed he gave his trousers a downward pull and went towards the beds of the sick well how are you getting on he asked the pale man with a crooked mouth and bandaged neck meanwhile the madman sat on a bed and having finished his cigarette kept spitting in the direction of the doctor nekhludoff went down into the yard and out of the gate past the fireman's horses and the hens and the sentinel in his brass helmet and got into the trap the driver of which had again fallen asleep end of book two chapter thirty seven recording by chris caron ham lake minnesota